This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Brass with Longleaf Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 161 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia. This show is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Somewhere up here. That way. I think, yeah. I don't know how many episodes we've done this with these cameras now. Dude, it's it's even on Snakes and Stogies, it kicks our ass. And, so. dude, I, miss, I just have to go up and I still miss it. Like, that, that's pretty bad. But, uh, check them out. You need yeah. a rack, you need a cage. Hit them up. Best lead times. One of the best lead times in the biz. Uh, black PVC, white PVC, cages, racks, racks on racks. Very customizable. Get Tons light, of options. Get lights, get radiant heat panels, UVB, anything you want in those cages. They're ready to rock and roll, man. Hit them up. Facebook and Instagram. Racks come heated. Got one of the best racks Belly in the Belly heat, back heat, all that. All the goods. Best Ooh. of the best. And then uh, if you need some, if you, by, by, by pure coincidence, if you happen to need some hot sauce, check out Steve Snakes and his Venom hot sauce. I mean, it wouldn't be a coincidence. Oh, I just hit my face it might on the be. microphone. Who, why would it be a coincidence? Everybody, I don't know. Everybody Maybe. needs hot sauce. Everybody needs hot like, sauce. I'm not I a mean, big hot sauce connoisseur, but... Yeah, but it's like sometimes I get I do truly get a craving for that cottonmouth sauce sometimes where I'm like, I wish I had some Steve Sanctuary <laughs> cottonmouth sauce. You just gotta keep it like in the cabinet, right? I do. I need even to, if you don't use it some. daily, you gotta have it on deck, man. I mean, come on. True. You live so. in South Carolina. And then I guess unofficially bang dude because I wish they would sponsor us. Get out of here. They won't because I'm not a super fit twenty year old with a six pack. I'm very much their average consumer. I'm like I'm 26. So I got like a six pack jelly roll going on over here, and you can <laughs> with that. If you're a jelly roll, I'm the whole pack of pens. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I've started like kind of. I've been walking in the mornings, minimum of like two miles, trying to get more active, trying not to That's eat good. like an idiot. But the bangs, I, you know, I can actually kind of tell, man. You, 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 look, I mean, a little, you look a little thanks. I've been doing it for like two days now. No, oh, well, yeah, that's good, good results then. Yeah, you know? great. I got this my my fitness pal app, so I've been like logging meals oh, and trying to. You're going all out. In these I'm two trying, days, you know, man. woo. But the bangs already downloading apps and the bangs don't even register because it's zero sugar, zero calories, all that good stuff. It's yeah, it's it's straight pretty, crack. Pretty sure crack is zero it's calories. Straight too. crack. That's it's 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 perfectly fine. This is the raging raspberry hibiscus, and it's delicious. The hibiscus is actually meth added into it. Don't. That's okay. the street word. <laughs> the raging part is what gives it away. If it's a raging hibiscus, and it's <laughs> that's that's clearly... that little that's a little extra dab right there, you know. A little extra bump. Yeah. Oh, saving God. this bad boy all day. Uh, um, you got to at least cut back on those things, man. Come on. No, no, Come on. Just, no. Just tone it back. I'm actually, I want to, 
but I'm also scared of the withdrawals and what my body will do if I decide to just stop cold turkey. Oh, so. yeah. I wouldn't stop cold turkey. You just stopped in order to sleep for, you know, like eight hours. I can still, I still sleep just fine. Like, literally, I've, I've had one of these and then went and took a nap, which I guess is kind of counterproductive to the whole point of them, but... <laughs> My body is still like I. It's but it's imagine an if addiction. you didn't have that though, man. You could sleep so long. I still sleep fine. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I don't know. I'm just trying to look out for you and your heart health, but you know that's why I'm walking. I don't know, <clears throat> but I mean it's it's nice because it's like because I walk in the mornings for usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Like I have time to get some podcasts in and stuff which I don't typically get to do because I don't really have a long commute to work. Um, yeah. Nice. So uh, this week we are incredibly indebted to have Mr. John Lasseter on the show, which I mean, hey. to us is a, is a pretty big deal, you know, cause you don't, you don't really do podcasts. No, uh, it's my second one. See how it goes. You're pretty, uh, you're pretty off the grid in a sense, which I'm I'm jealous of. <laughs> Who was I? I was talking to someone the other day. Oh, I was uh, trying to see if Eric uh, from ECW uh, Reptiles get him on Corn Stars. He's like, I have a flip phone. I was like, I'm honestly, I, that actually sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds really nice. Just the simplicity of it. Yeah. You get a call. You get a text. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Texting on those things would be hard. I'd get one of those slide the, phones again. You know what I mean? Five times to get to the. You know what I mean? Like one of the ones that like slide sideways. You got one of those wide keyboards. I had one of those a sidekick. Yeah, dude, I had so I had a couple different kinds of those. I had one that slid up for like the numbers, then slid to the side. I had the one with the screen where the the screen flips out and the keyboard's underneath the screen. Oh man! I thought it was going to be way cooler than it actually was. I never got the that. Thing was a giant brick, <laughs> and putting that in your pocket. It yeah. it looked like I had a tumor or something in my leg. It was it was just bizarre. Um, not nearly as awesome as Paris Hilton made them out to be. Oh my god! <laughs> but anyways, John, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you? How are you doing on this eve? Oh, I'm all right. Uh, been a long week at work, and you know I go up to Houston and work three days a week, and then come back here and finish the week. Sometimes it's one day, sometimes it's two days. So. No, I got to work tomorrow, so. <laughs> oh, man, you're like three and a half hours from Houston, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, three and a half hours. Yeah, that was, I, I used to live in that area, and I remember that drive to Houston was daunting. Hmm. Not fun. Were you a Star Wars guy? Yep. The hat The hat told me everything. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The, uh... Yeah, so since, I mean, this entire podcast is pretty much turning into a colubrid podcast <laughs> at this rate, um, I mean, you're kind of doing some of our favorite things, you know, West Texas, herping, um, king snakes, yeah. bairds, and you're, uh, you're good buddies with Chris. So, I mean, he's the THP man of the year for 2021, so. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, he's the man. So uh, just quick sort of general intro stuff. What are you currently working with? What are your your focuses and uh, all that? A little background. Okay. Oh, you want to go background? If you want. Okay. Uh, 
you know, I grew up on 100 acres in Rockport, Texas, actually uh, Fulton, Texas. I uh, found a lot of animals there. I didn't know what they were. <laughs> uh, my, my dad uh, was a mechanic for the area, and I started working with him when I was like, I don't know, about seven, eight years old. And uh, I went up to uh, Goose Island State Park, and I uh, saw the uh, pamphlets there where uh, I forgot the ranger's name. Can't think of the ranger's name off the top of my head, but uh, I learned about all the local snakes. And when me and my dad were out hunting or fishing or whatever we were doing, I would go up to it and go, well, oh, it's, a, it's a rat snake. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's kind of what got me started. And, you know, I went to UT Arlington for three semesters. <laughs> And I uh, got to see all the, the jarred animals, and and 95, I was playing with our home computer and typed in kingsnake.com, and that's what kicked it off. Uh, yeah. The gates opened. Yep. <laughs> uh, other than that, I mean, I, I breed, uh, I bred all kinds of citula uh, and dionis and, and all kinds of uh Eastern rat snakes are well. That's very far east, so I don't know how to yeah. <laughs> European rat snakes uh, or far east rat snakes or however you want to call them. Uh, uh, my main thing since '97 uh, has been Alterna, Leonis, uh, Mexicana, uh, Mexicana, Mexicana. For those that don't know, uh, is a San Luis Potosi king snake. And, uh, you know, I've done Greer Eye for the first time last year. Yeah, last year was the very first time I ever <laughs> had a Greer Eye lay eggs and they hatch. Uh, other than that, I mean, I've done every common king there is. Oh, wait, I forgot Ruthven Eye. Sorry. Ruthven I was going to ask if you did Ruthven's because those are, I, I had one of those as a kid. And that was a freaking cool king, man. Yeah. I got a, an F2, you know, in, uh, 2013, I sold my whole collection mm. to a wholesaler and, and got out until 2016. And um, back in for good now, I believe. <laughs> 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 and uh, I had a, a bunch of uh, Tapalpa and Amiako, Ruth and I. And I have uh, three Amiakos right now two males, one female, but one male's albino and the other one's non. And the female is non head albino. So I'm breeding the normal ones this year. Someone, I mean, a lot of people have told me I need to produce them, so I'm going to try again. Uh, other than that, you know, it's always uh, Leonis and, oh, I, I've already said Leonis. I'm sorry. Let's, let's go into uh, uh, Getula, 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 however you want to say it. Spatula. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, uh, California Kings. I've always, I've always had California Kings, not because they sell. It's because they're so easy to get to eat, get to eating, feeding, uh, compared to all these Mexicana Kings. Yeah, that, that are a pain. That I've kind of, you know, I have my my six my six steps, you know, and and uh, if it gets to the sixth step, they're getting cold, and I'll try them next year. So. I've been helping Chris out with that some, so. Yeah, I was actually just talking about that with him the other day because he was, 
he's been in my ear about Leonis a little bit, and you know, he was talking about some of the breeding. So and, cool. And he was going through, you know, his process, you know, that that you gave him for you know getting babies going. He's like, they're really not bad, man. I used to do this, then I do this, then I do this, and if that doesn't work, I do this. Then I do this, and it's like, oh yeah, that sounds super plan, easy. Plan like, A through G. Yeah, like that. Well, yeah, it's a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't go by species anymore. I mean, I've had corn snakes that were worse than this. So. Oh yeah. I really don't go by species anymore because, I mean, I mean, there's this. I don't know if you want to get into it. There's a a Laredo line. This Laredo line is great eaters. Even the ones that don't eat, uh, you just tease fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get them by the hand and, and tap them on the nose, and they take it and set them down real fast, and they, they take it. Then there's these other lines, uh, Applegate lines and and uh, Bobble lines that are a pain, and uh, it takes a lot of lot of uh, effort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris was saying, though, the, like the Greer Eye, are, are, are those the worst of the lot in terms of getting those going? Well, the, are they about the same? The four I hatched last year all got going, so... Oh, okay. I don't know. We were talking about those recently, and yeah. I just remember him saying, like, yeah, they're... they're I would say green right are, are the toughest if you want to go by species. Then some alternate, like the mountain alternate, all eat, all eat lizards, and, mm-hmm. you know, when you eat lizards and you got to feed them, like, let's say we got to rat tails, and I want to not cool this down, you got to give them a rat tail every two or three days, or... Mm-hmm. Or they're losing weight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Been down that road. Oh yeah. You know all about feeding feeding tails, buddy. <laughs> but before we get into more of of the king stuff, I am curious because you said you bred Dion's. Mm-hmm. Do the 20. females take forever to lay their eggs? Yes. I'm going. I'm over. I'm over week three on waiting for my female to drop. She's definitely got them. She's in and out of her lay box. She's cruising like crazy. So I know it's coming soon. But I'm just like, every morning I'm like, I bet you she laid last night. Yeah. She didn't. I get home from work. I'll bet you she laid while I was gone. She yeah, doesn't. I only got like three or four clutches, three or four years worth. So I, I'm not a big. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know a lot about them. <laughs> I know that I put them together. They bred mm-hmm. and. Um, I didn't keep these spreadsheets like I do now that 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 uh, kind of record their durations from when they shed to when they bred to when they shed <laughs> to when the eggs laid. So, right. so I, I really couldn't tell you. I mean, I knew it. I knew it was longer than all my others because my others would lay anywhere anywhere from like three days to to twenty days, and at twenty days, I'm scared to death. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, I know it's it's three to four weeks, and I'm I, we just passed the three week mark, so I know it's coming. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, are you egg like it's it's that same thing of like, are you egg bound? Like, is there a problem that I'm just not picking up on because I'm waiting for it, and it's delayed with those because they hold on to the eggs longer? Like, yeah, it's four weeks inside her and about two weeks outside her. <laughs> Gee, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, they, they drop, like, they hold on to them longer, and then they drop them, and then they incubate for a really short period of time. And they look very strange. The the eggs, they're, like, real... My mind weren't bright white. Mine were, like, like tan-colored and leathery. and hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Me it too. makes sense. Like, we've talked about it on Snakes and Stogies, I think, like, with that and having, like, the longer gestation period and then the shorter incubation is, like, a really good ap- adaptation for cooler temperatures right. and, like, cooler okay. climates. Yeah. Like, it makes complete sense. Um, yep. But, I mean, this is my first time breeding them. Uh, mine actually came from Dr. Loafman from Colubrid and Colubroid Radio. And exactly. getting them paired up and stuff was a breeze. Like, that male wasted no time. Like, they were locked up all the time. It was like every time I checked on them, they were together and going <laughs> at it. So it's definitely not an issue as far as, like, getting the male to go. But now I'm waiting on eggs. And I'm like, when are they coming? She's She looks like she's about to freaking pop. Maybe you should just be patient, buddy. I'm trying. You just wait. It's, uh, I won't. Don't be. If you've heard three to four weeks, don't be worried till you've hit the, that after the four week mark. I don't know what to expect. Exactly. So calm your tip. No. <laughs> yeah. So I was just curious about that. But um, are you going to get some Leonis? I miss mine. I fully I'm, regret getting rid of mine. Like I am kicking myself because those I'll, things are amazing. The thing that the ones that really get me are like the the bone white mm-hmm. ones that almost have like a, like some of the white or like ones that have like a greenish hue kind of through them. There, the, those are the ones that that really you remember that really get me. What the ones that the, my dad had? No, I don't remember your dad. I'm pretty sure I showed them to you because there was one that was like that, where it was like this weird white with like almost like a highlighter yellow Mm. acid green sort of wash to it, and then it had the really thin bands and it had just like lava red in the in the very middle. The really thin banded ones. See, I would almost take them without any red either. Like there's that bone white with those, or like you know with that greenish hue, and then like those really skinny dark bands. Oh man, that's those are the ones that that would really get it for me. But they're just so they're incredibly variable, though, from what I've that's, seen. That's why they're called the variable king snake. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes <laughs> <laughs> that makes uh, perfect sense. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But um, so how long? So you said you've been working with uh, these kings and Leonis specifically for since ninety seven. Ninety seven. Uh, ninety seven. I had like four clutches hatch, and it was a. Uh, uh, Leonis, uh, Alterna, <laughs> I was almost at Alternus, like it used to be, Alterna, uh, uh, Neil Morum, uh, I don't know, Orange Crab oh, yeah. Snakes, uh, a lot of people don't know that, <laughs> and uh, California King, so that was 97, and then I think in 2003, no, ninety nine. Yeah, two thousand and one. I had everything. <laughs> all, ah, of, there you go. all of the cow kings and had them. Yeah. I never, I never bred. I've had a couple easterns. I've never bred them. Uh, I have one still from uh, from uh, Chris. That I don't have a, a mate for, but he he needs to pay rent. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> The way mice prices are going, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mice prices, uh, shipping's gone up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mice, it definitely. I remember when mice were uh, 10 cents each. Oh, gee whiz, man. And that was in 2000. So 22 years ago, there were 10 cent mice. Inflation. Yeah. And now, what does a pinky cost? A dollar, ninety cents, eighty cents, something like that. Yeah, pinkies like fifty cents is the lowest. Yeah, I think I want to say they're around like sixty to eighty cents a pop. 
That's for a yeah. pinky. Yeah. I was at 60 cents is sticking out in my head for some reason, but I mean, I should know. I literally just bought a bunch not too long ago, which we really need to get. Well, when our... you buy a bunch, you don't look. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's it. I just, I just hit order. Don't, don't look. I mean, I actually do though, because I, I, I look at stuff like that, like pretty hardcore. Like I compare a lot of sites, but now I need more specific stuff. And Rodan Pro is essentially the only place that sells some of that specific stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like hairless mice. I need hairless mice for water snakes, but nobody sells hairless mice other than Rodan Pro. And it's like, if I don't just get from Rodan Pro, because I'll be honest, like Rodan Pro isn't my favorite company. I don't always love their quality of mice, you know. Well, I didn't know if we can say that, but I I use Rodan Pro maybe hmm. five, ten times over the last 30 years, and uh, I'll never use them again. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I do not love them. I was going to go through Big Cheese because they seem like a really... That's who know, I've used in the past, and I like them a lot. I've heard a lot of good things about them. It's just like now... Now that I need this hairless stuff, it's like, do I pay two, two separate shipping prices, you know? And Yeah, just get a shaver, dude, and just shave them. Oh, God. No. You know Montrose, right? Montrose will show yeah. you how to shuck them. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's... <laughs> it's a thought. I've thought about it, man. I was like, I could just skin these freaking things, man. Like, Really? I don't know. That's kind of Casey did it when he had the emeralds that were struggling. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't sound uh, pretty, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I load them up on pinkies till they need big mice, and then they just get. Any rat rat pinkies? That's actually I didn't even think about that. That's a good. That would be a good. Good upstart. I didn't even think about rat pinkies for some reason. <laughs> that's that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Oh jeez, I'm an idiot. Those ideas are dangerous, John. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like it though because now that gives me a little bit more. I I legit never even thought about it. that. It gives me a little bit more leeway because I give them a variety of stuff. I think rat pinks would be a good source. Yeah. But. Anyways, so why the uh, like why Desert Kings in particular? Is there was there always some sort of draw to those for you? Well, in Corpus, we have two. Yeah. Two king snakes, and we have a annulata, and we have a desert king. So they were like, always, always had them, always found them, always tried to breed them. So now I got some of Don Shores. Man, I produced, I produced these adults back in, I think it was 2011, and I still, I'm breeding the adults every year. Wow. I need to hold back some babies still, again. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, time is getting so warped because when you say 2011, you're like, yeah, that was only like three years ago. And you yeah, think about it, it's like, like no. Uh, it's, that was like 11, 11 years 11. It's just it's killing me. Yeah. Because I think it's some of the chondros that I have. And it's like, those are four-year-old snakes. Dude. And they're not that big. And I like, is it, is it me? Do they just need to be fed more? I don't yeah no i feel that i don't know they grow up so fast what were they chondros yeah yeah oh, green okay. trees yeah stupid useless green they are useless stick they're good it's a good thing they're pretty damn it 
They are. Uh, they are. They're boring. They're yeah. like a sleeping pill in snake form. <laughs> if you took Benadryl and made it a snake, yeah, that's yeah. that's Condra. Um, but um, um, so you said you work with the Mexicana complex or the Mex Mex? Yeah. What are some of the different like species and subspecies within within those? Okay, so there's there's six uh, Lepropeltis mexicana that were all in the complex at one time, and now they're all their own species. For a paper that was written, I think four years ago now, maybe five. No, I think it's four years ago. Anyway, and it's uh, Lepropeltis ruthveni. So I don't forget it this time. Lepropeltis <laughs> greeri, Lepropeltis uh, mexicana, Lepropeltis leonis, Lepropeltis alterna, and Lepropeltis webi. Okay. And webi is the one that uh, Bryson, I don't know if you all know Rob Bryson. Rob Bryson found uh, on Highway 40 by Jalisco. And there's been like, I don't know what everyone knows, but there's been around 10 or so found and, and a couple of live ones. They have, uh, they have some down there in uh, the uh, Monterey uh, college. So someone's going to have them in the hobby here soon. I don't know how I'm going to get them, but someone's going to get them and mm. I'll find my way. <laughs> so it seems to me, at least with the Mexicana stuff, uh, like the, that stuff is, is kind of almost like the bamboo rat snakes. Like they get crossed a lot and oh, it can yeah. be kind of tough to, to tell what's what. Is it a similar scenario where we go like by lines? Yeah, we go by lines and uh, not everyone does. You go to a snake show and you see a fair eye there and you, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. You got a 50 50 chance <laughs> of knowing if it's pure or not. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't usually use the word pure, but anyway if they're tainted or not <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go uh so uh we have we have names of what we do was we take it back i mean there was a group of people up in the uh it was in texas it was the uh florida uh, what, why did i say florida it was the uh fort worth that's why it was the fort worth zoo they did some crosses didn't know what they had and they got out into the hobby uh, we we just stay away from those, but uh, <laughs> very ironic. Uh, Dave Bloody stayed worked for Forward Zoo, and uh, then he went to Dallas Zoo, or vice versa. I forgot. I used to talk to him all the time, and uh, his line is amazing. Uh, he he was all going for pinners, like y'all said, the the thin <laughs> thin one, thin banded ones. With either the red or no red, but his were great. Uh, then you go all the way back to Vermilia, and uh, I don't know if y'all know Dan Vermilia. He's a black that name rings a bell. He's a black-headed python breeder now. So, but he was uh, he was getting some of some of uh, Bloaty's animals and breeding them, and he came up with the uh, what do you call it the the ghost, uh, the, 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 oh God, what was it called? 
Oh, it was something ghost. <laughs> and uh, so they're, they're, the white line is what uh, Bratz was talking about. Bratz, right? Yeah. Bratz. Bratz. Yeah. Bratz. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I say it. It's pronounced like the sausage, not the doll. Okay. <laughs> so the white line came from, and and uh, and we've been trying to re reproduce it ever since. Uh, no one's ever bred white to white and produce all white because you know they're variable kings. <laughs> right, right. And uh, other than that, I mean, the the other names that we have now are Bobble. But Bobble got his stuff just like I did. I mean, there's no laster line. I don't ever want to do that. I got. Uh, yeah, a lot of bloaty stuff is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that was something I was actually curious about with, with Leonis's, uh, you know, the group that my dad had that I had eventually got myself. Um, we never bred them, but he had some, some young ones that I really, like I said, I regret getting rid of. But that was one of the things that I had wondered was if you pair two, like in order to get that certain phenotype that you're kind of going for, you won't you won't always get it. You're not getting, is, it is it almost like Amazon Trebo is where you can get a just sort of a spectrum of things and maybe you'll get some that are sort of in that same sort of realm. Yeah, you have to remember they, they, they're really, you know, polygenic. They'll they'll carry the trait of their, their parents, their grandparents, their grandparents, their grandparents. And it's hard to what we call is freeze a look. It's hard to freeze a look and say this is my last of her line, right? That's why I don't get why some people have their lines <laughs> any uh, right now because uh, they had the same thing we all had back since 1990, mm -hmm. whatever. So, just if you're trying to get like that white look, like you were saying, like you can't. It's not as easy as just putting two right. white, white. Yeah, I got a white milk snake phase, and I got a white pin band that I'm gonna breed one of these days, and we'll see. Uh, it might be next year if he can do it. She's almost ready. As far as breeding those in comparison to like Alterna, is it more or less the same? Well, Alterna has its own, you know, Alterna are probably the second most variable king snake <laughs> there is. Uh, the one thing that doesn't, isn't variable is the color, right? Right. You, you got anywhere from light blue, almost white up in Hueco, right? And then you have the almost solid black ones that you can find in Christmas and black gaps. So they have a wide range, you know, different spacing of their saddles, diamonds, uh, none, <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. So, Yeah. I'm the same way with the, with, uh, uh, gray bandits. You know, I really like the ones that have like those really like, you know, the thin, the thin, bands going across them you know See, i'm the opposite like, man i want almost more like, orange i love the ones that look like rock rattlesnakes man like they're just <laughs> oh they're so cool they're so you don't find them they're all cool no yeah no they are they're an incredible species i just i would just love to get out to west texas and the more orange the better stuff like that yeah well smitty likes the eastern range ones yeah oh yeah oh smitty we didn't see any when we were out there but I wish we had almost timed it like a month later than when we were there. Cause that's when Chris and I think you were with him, you know, went out and you guys freaking killed it and <laughs> all kinds of stuff like the same areas we were in. But so with like herping, you know, stuff like Alterna, is it like, is it, is it a real timing thing or are they 
pretty plentiful like during a certain time of year you know do you really gotta put in your hours to find one oh i i went four years without seeing one. Oh wow yeah oh yeah it, it's a pain uh you know i never really you know i started hunting out there in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and uh took a few years off and didn't go out there but the last four years i've been going out there and i found two so <laughs> wow that's yeah that's a feat so the, sure. the, the range is from uh like may some people might find them in april if it depends on the season but it's may to september mm. and follow the rain yeah yeah that's that's what i do here especially midsummer when it gets super hot it's just, i don't even go out if it's not raining oh yeah yeah that's yeah, that's why last week when you were like, real good weather's coming in West Texas, I'm going there. We got to do it next week. I was like, I don't blame you one bit, dude. Yeah, Go for it. No, I'd be doing be the awesome. same thing. <laughs> but. Were the uh, alternative that you found, were they adults? Uh, the female wasn't. The male was. The male is a, a Dog Canyon area, which is... Uh, how do y'all say? Oh, Howard Draw area. Mm-hmm. Did y'all go to Howard Draw when y'all were there? No. No, no we're in the mountains, right? Um, so we got. I guess it depends on what counts as, as mountains. Like the mountains are the Davis Mountains to us. To me, we were yeah, we were in that area, but uh, long we were we were only there for. I think like a night. That might have been when we were in Alpine. We made a trip out that way. I think. I don't know. I was along for the ride for most of it. I mean, I knew the major, like the the main areas we were in. Like we were in like Madera Canyon. Yeah. um, And Big Bend. And like I said, Alpine. We went through Lajitas. We didn't spend a whole lot of time there. um, Other than like Big Bend. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, but there was, uh, I was really hoping when we got to Davis that we'd, we'd spot some beards or something. Cause when you go on iNaturalist, it seems like most of the beard sightings <laughs> are in that Davis. Yeah, they area. are. So I was really hoping we'd, we'd come across one. I thought we did for a second and ended up being a, a patch nose. It was a small patch nose, but I saw stripes and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I looked closer. I was like, ah, it's still a really cool snake. Oh, yeah. Patches are really neat, man. Actually, the first and only ones I've seen. It was funny. The, the, but, you know, it was a little, little sidetrack. The first um, patch nose I ever caught was actually in Corpus. And this thing was, uh, it, w- it was huge. Like, it was pushing like three and a half, four foot. You know, it was big for a, a patch nose. And I had never seen one or let alone or even heard of them, really. <laughs> and like dove into the bushes to grab this thing and I pulled it out. This was years ago. I was like, this is the biggest freaking ribbon snake I've seen in my life. <laughs> like it was somebody was like, Yeah, it's a patch nose. I was like, Oh, Same that makes thing. that makes sense. Okay, it's a big Texas ribbon snake. That makes sense. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, they're they're really working snakes. I find them when it's cool out, usually like right mm. at the beginning of summer. Mm. They're under ten, they're under boards. Mm-hmm. So how often, um, how many times a year do you get to go out to West Texas? Oh, I had it my way. <laughs> 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 I 
if I had it my way, I, I would try to do it like every weekend, every other weekend. It's only four hours. Oh, that's not bad. I thought it was more in like the eight hour range. Oh, it is to Alpine, but yeah. it's four hours to two seventy seven. So okay. it's yeah, four that was hours. Four and a half hours to dog King. Four and a half hours is nothing in Texas, man. When you're a Texan, know, when you're a Texan, what, four and a half hours is golden, man. That's you're, what blows that's what me want. away when we were there because you look at it on a map and you're like, yeah, that's not that much. And then <laughs> it's like, I think we put close to five thousand miles on that van while we were there that week. Yeah, dude. Like it was just I'm telling unbelievable. You, I've, I've driven from here to Corpus um, a couple times, and it's. Almost half your drive is in Texas. Where like, are you at? What's that? Where are you at? Uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. Beaufort, South Carolina. Yeah, coming from here, literally almost half your drive is into Texas. You take a day almost to get to Texas, and then you make the next nine hours you from. Just, <laughs> you don't realize how big it is until you're yeah you're it's, traveling. It's nuts, man. There's a, there's a sign in uh, Beaumont. As soon as you come over, it says El Paso, 735 miles or something like that. Oh, my God. It's like, why are you even telling me that? Yeah. Not, might as well be on the moon. Uh, that's nuts, man. Yeah, my sister actually lived in El Paso for a while. I don't. Fun facts. There's nothing out there. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm trying to like my mental map of Texas and sort of where we were in relation to like all these other yeah. places. It's it's nuts, man. Texas is a crazy place. Mm-hmm. Super neat. But um, so what can um, what can you tell us about like some of the granite jeans and a black face and black faces in in the Mex Mex stuff? Oh, y'all been talking to Chris, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Mex Mex means San Luis Potosi King. Okay. Okay. Just making sure I'm on the same page. Uh, I don't even know the. There's no other name for them. Because you hear like Mex, Mex, you hear Mexicana, you hear you know. I feel like a lot yeah. of those get confused. Oh yeah. Especially these are these are the San Luis Potosi kings. Uh, you didn't mention Hypoe, so maybe you didn't talk to Chris. Well, no, no, that was that was cut. That was going to be my follow up. Was what about Hypoe? <laughs> so so. It's simple with what you asked. Uh, the uh, the granite gene is a line bread trait. Uh, I believe they got them from the Galvans in West Texas, took them to Europe, line bread on, produced uh, more speckled granite animals. They came over in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, so it's not even like an actual morph. It's just a, a it's dash a of communism. Selective, selectively bred, you know, right. type deal. Okay. And so when you outcross it, you'll produce. If you breed a normal, I call them classic phase, mm. a classic phase to uh, ultra granite, you'll produce maybe one ultra granite, mm. and then everything in between back to a common. Yeah, uh, the normal yeah, looking. But you can't. Of, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I tell people don't sell them as normals. Someone has a granite parent, yeah. Right. It'll spit out some next next go around. So you know, even one that you know came from a granite pair, pairing, you know, that looks normal, it could still throw the granite. Oh stuff, yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. When hypo e, you want to talk about hypo e? Oh yeah, that was that was going to be my follow up. But so uh, I know you're the only, really the only one working with hypo e. So. 
Well, Scott Ballard had a pair. I, I haven't talked to Scott in about two years, so I don't know if he still does or not. Uh, Scott Ballard, I don't know if y'all know him. Do y'all? No. The name sounds yeah. vaguely familiar, but not on not anything. I don't know him well. He's one of the uh, the milk milk guys that mm. you know, Aaron Bayer and and uh, what happened? Hey, you got some uh, pictures up. There's a yeah, hypo just, oh, is it this guy right here? Yeah, that's a hypoerythristic. So when you say high, so hypo E is hypoerythristic, correct? Yeah, the urethrin. Okay. Mm -hmm. The red is reduced, but when it gets to be older, those will be white saddles. So <laughs> I don't know oh, what it wow. really is, but most of his life is hypoerythristic. Wow. Uh, I bred it to every phase there is, and uh, I've only produced hypoerythristics if I breed it to another hypoerythristic or if I breed it to a black phase. So black phase, black phase is uh, ontogenetic also. Mm -hmm. There's my little babies from last year, my girl. Uh, oh, yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. So is the the hypo e is that another uh, is that another line bred trait or is that an actual like mutation? Well, they come from Bob Applegate. Although, hey, there it is, right there. Go back down. Go down. No. Down or up? Down up. Go up then. There you go. Keep going up. There it is. Go down lower. Right there. Okay. <laughs> they right were there. a little delayed. No, you're looking at the Max Max. Go close that out. Look at the bottom left. It's a terrible picture, but that's it. And what is that? That's the alterna I found last year. Oh, oh, that's the one oh. you found. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> yeah. thing is incredible. <laughs> Horror smokes. Oof. There it is at home right there. Is, man that thing is smoking that to me is like that's alterna yeah that's i like the, the patternless like the ones without the orange are cool and all but to me it's well, look at that one right in the middle the one right in the middle is uh chris's ah uh, it's chris's lifer yeah very nice oh wow that's i like that that's too. really just odd yeah that's I mean, crazy looking. The mountain ones are interesting. Anyway, hypo -E, The only way to make them is with another hypo -E or a black phase. Okay. So the so the hypo -E, does that come from the black phase or are they just like kind of compatible in that way? Uh, uh, oh yeah, what I was gonna say before you brought up the picture, uh, Bob Applegate produced these. He didn't know it because out of the egg you couldn't tell. And then uh, he got tired of everyone thinking they were Miami corns. So, <laughs> oh, God. Fair so, enough. Uh, so he uh, got rid of all of his adults. And I knew a couple of guys. I don't know if you all know Bob Finja and and uh, Scott Ballard and all them. They're New Yorkers. Uh, they used to be big into the hobby. Uh, mm -hmm. Scott still does it. Uh, Carl Dorflane. Anyway. These old names from the hobby from kingsnake.com days. Uh, he had some and he was uh, talking to his uh, 
mailman who we got them from, and the mailman goes, you know, the ones that turn pink. <laughs> he goes, yeah, those. <laughs> so we traced them all back to Bob, and I even told Bob about them, but he goes, well, I didn't know they turned pink. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's 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 really interesting. There's an ultra granite. A lot of these ultra granites, if you look down their dorsal, you can see a stripe starting. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that. that's an odd. See right. Yeah, you can see there, right there, right, right there is really where it hits. Yeah. Did you say granite was codom or incomplete? No, no, it's line bread. So, what makes an ultra an ultra? No red spots. Okay. Okay. Which it's uh, already so, it, so, so it can have it can have red but not red spots like specifically. No, it's just no red. Okay. So this right here, I would call it an ultra, and I would call it a medium expression ultra. Okay. If you scroll down, you'll see some. See, there's a there right there. There's a low expression, but it sure is nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The red headline I got going. Mm -hmm. They're for Mike Price. Those breeders I have are for Mike Price. I don't know if you know Michael Price. Sorry. That yeah, that name rings a bell too. Ooh, I like this. So there's the, my, is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's my uh, Lacerdo Loco line. That is incredible. That popped out of a hypo we by hypo we. That one that you brought up earlier, where I said you're just bringing up the the. The regular Max Max is yeah. the sibling, sibling to it. The one right above it, right above it. This one, right there. That's a sibling. Oh, that's a sibling. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's nuts. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Yeah. Look at that. So oh, if you if you had to choose one of these gun to your head, what are you what do you what are you taking? Uh, I'm still a mix mix guy, so I would say, look at that stripe. See a stripe yeah, on the that line? Oh my yeah. gosh! Looks like a granite uh, spotted python almost. Oh yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, I would say I would take mix mix because they're one of the first I bred. Alterna would be the second I take in that order. Uh, tomorrow I might say I'll turn it. I don't know. Look <laughs> <laughs> at all these mealworms. Meal look at those are from the stripe line. If you look close, yeah, yeah. I've got. I actually have a. I have a trio of thorn scrubs that will throw like the more um, aberrant looking kinds. I don't know if those would be the same ones or not. Shatter. 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 Okay. <laughs> so I have That's a question incredible. with these two. I have a pair from Oasis too from Chris. Yeah, I produced them. No, oh, these are oh, he uh, caught these are this is a pair that he caught like last year. Yeah, he caught one of them. I caught the other, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I put them together and I have yet to see any sort of action from them. Chris had mentioned maybe pairing them later, like they just go later in the year. Is that pretty standard for those or what's mine do go later than all the rest. Like all of my kings are breeding right now, but my striped Milmorum are not. Hmm. When do you usually put yours together? Uh, just look on my spreadsheet, and it tells me when they should be breeding. 
which is probably I'm three weeks behind schedule. So hell, probably in about three more weeks. So six, uh, six, seven. Yeah, about three more weeks. What time did you bring them up from Brumation? Uh, that would have been February, like mid February, early February. Well, they should have bred by now. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I put them together. They they stayed together for a while. I never saw anything. Oh, go back right there. Which that 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 calcing that you're on. No. Holy, holy God! What? That, that is insane, man. I'm a sucker for really nice, for really nice calkings. Like I don't, I don't, I don't keep anything. Like That's rebellion. actually not even a good example of a mosaic. Oh my god! Dude. But that's like eighty percent mosaic. I just I love that look. That thing is out of this world, man. Yeah, it's cool. Wow. Scroll down. Right there. Oh, down, down one, left one. Oh no, down again. Well, we can look at that one too. <laughs> That's right out of the egg. They look real silvered. Oh my god, man! The spots on that. These are these are incredible. Oh, there it is. See the Leon, the uh, Mex Max right there on the far left. No, one more right there. That's the first of its kind. That's a hypo e ultra granite. Oh, oh, that's a hypo. -E. Oh my god, that thing has no red on it. Nope. So that so that snake should we even though it's a, the ultra granite that should follow the same pattern of the the hypo e and getting like more pink as an adult, correct? Yeah, but they're the only pink. I mean, I can barely see it, but on the neck, right behind the black dots, mm -hmm. the only pink on it. Wow. Do you the think pink. it'll develop more as it ages? I think it'll turn white. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, do you have pictures of adults in here? Like yeah. The ones that are fully... Well, that one that y'all pulled up first was an adult. Okay. There it is. There it is. Open it up. Oh, right there. That's the hypo E. See that little pink mark right behind me? Yeah, the yeah. I can yeah, see right, right there. there. Jay Wiz, man. Was a black. So, you're, so you're really the only person working with the hypoe stuff right now, correct? Yeah. I, and like I said, Scott Ballard might have some. Oh, okay. But I, okay. But I bought out the. Uh, uh, I said his name earlier. That's, that's some of the loco line. So that was weird. Saddle shape looks like a freaking mandarin. <laughs> now that one didn't make it, so it kind of oh, sad. Oh, <laughs> just the variability between all these and, and mm -hmm. just incredible. Ooh. Yeah, this is one Chris sent me. He's like, Look Ooh. at this one. And I was like, Oh my. <laughs> She's wow. grabbing again right now. So how many on, on average? What do you what do you produce in king snakes? If you don't mind me asking, like a season. What what's your what's your season look like with babies? This is what I'm talking I, about. Right here. There it is. 
Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> it's, oh, it hurts. It's so nice. Ooh. It's painful. Like, I feel like I sh I'm, I'm, it's like I'm staring at the sun. That's... <laughs> Oh. I can't produce 500, but I'll probably only produce like 300 this year. 300 king snakes. <laughs> Holy smokes. Hey, see, there's a picture top left. Yeah. That's it. See how it's more yellow? I mean, more pinkish than yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In comparison to that first picture, I got you now. I'm tracking. Yeah. I like this too. Yeah. It's a split band next mix. Man, Justin, I can't believe you don't have any That's kings bad. like this anymore. You had all those gray bands for so long. You're all about those kings. Now you got none. What are you doing, man? I, you know, frankly, I had the, the Alterna and getting those started was enough to turn me off to breeding them ever again. So. <laughs> you see that second black snake go to the top? Oh, oh my God! I didn't even know they had melanistic. Yep. Oh, you look I'm down by the rocks on the right-hand side. You can see some bands. I almost can't. I can't even see it. <laughs> it's that's insane. I just know it because it's there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, for sure. That's wow. So you mentioned desert kings earlier. Do you still work with any desert kings? Yeah, go to the very top. Yeah, there's, yeah. One, there's one for sale right there. You want it? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, don't don't tempt me with a good time. I, I've been looking because, like, I want to find just like a pair of king snakes that I really want, and I've always been like the deserts have really intrigued me a, a good bit. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting to pull the king snake trigger. Do I really? I'm positive. So, I know what I want. Pretty, pretty deep rabbit hole, man. Yeah, I know. That's why I like I, I want to stay surface level because I could. That could He's be got subbox too. Oh man. Yeah. Have What's you bred those? No, I'm gonna breed them this year. Well, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to breed them this year. Uh, that's uh, Ricky Greens. He found it on. Uh, dang it. It's on the river road, but I forgot the name of the, the slope. And I mean, this is what we're. This is what we should all be here for, anyways. Oh my god! Some some beards. On the oh west man, you you herped that? Yeah, yeah, it's right here. Oh my <laughs> god! That's insane. And from what I understand, when we were sort of talking about at least when I was talking to Chris and you know you guys were finding some of these things uh he made it sound like bears weren't really something you had paid much attention to previously like you had never really done much with them and what year was it probably oh three I I kept a couple of bears I found I never raised them all the way up and bred them I gave them away uh again in 06 or 07 something like that and here i am again i got two males and no females <laughs> <laughs> and are you trying to just do ones that you've you've found like you're trying to, to get yeah. your locality projects going i got you yeah and that one was uh like a 277 area 
right? Yeah, west of 277 on Dog Canyon, Howard Draw area. Gotcha. Very nice. Yeah, that's see that that right there. That was some Barrett's action. I I could get in on. All right. I don't know about your little measly stuff in your in your snake room in there, but that that was a nice Barrett's. Okay, that was. Ooh, ooh buddy. Like half my collection is Barrett's, so I'm I'm partial. Yeah, you yeah. just you just gave away like six of them. What I didn't about? give away six of them. What the? What's talking about. You start moving birds left and right, boy. Get more, no. more of corns. No, bull crap. I thinned out on non-essential personnel. Is what it's called. <laughs> and because I, my reasoning was, I'll just make my own. Like I'll just make more of them. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, did. I, I would back in hey back in uh, late nineties, early two thousands. I was buying snakes from Tim Gephardt. I don't know if y'all know Tim Gephardt. But he was the Leonis King, the Therai King, and uh, he would sell these snakes to us <laughs> for like three hundred dollars each, two hundred dollars oh. each. Back in the early nine or late nineties, early two thousands. Holy! We would raise them up. Two thousand three, I bred them together. Couldn't sell them, but for one hundred fifty dollars each. Oh my god! Which was still good money because everyone else was getting like a hundred bucks each. <laughs> These are Tim Gavar. <laughs> yeah. Gee whiz, man. So I'm curious about lo the locality thing. So I know with Texas stuff in particular, and especially in Alterna, the locality thing is same cut is taken seriously. Same cut. Well, the question is... Don't say something dumb, Justin. I'm, no, I don't I'm, probably, I'm probably going to, because not, I'm just curious. Like It's a thin line. We will all in, fight. In <laughs> hatching Alterna, even if they were from the same locality, I saw a lot of variation in those, like you were saying when we started. Yeah. I could tell them apart from which locale they are. Some people can, just by looking at them. Or get it down to... Two or three locales, maybe. I just thought it was interesting because I'm like, wait a second. This one doesn't have any orange on it. This one has a ton of orange on it. They're from the same clutch. Yep. How was I just, it, it made me very confused because I was like, how, A, how do you tell them apart? Like, just by looking at them. Obviously, you have to look at a lot of them, but I was like, is the locality thing complete crap? Because I just hatched out like three different phenotypes from two parents and it doesn't add up. It didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't you know, like, what's the, what's the I mean, magic? Did, I don't even know what did, the question is. I'm he just, did I'm just say, he did say that, you know, he would say gray bands are the next most variable king right. snakes behind but then it's variable like, king snakes. How do you, so go, go to, uh, Dog Canyon, Howard Draw. You're not going to find any alternative phase. They're all going to be Blairs. Go to the mountains, Davis Mountains. You're not going to find any Blairs. They're going to be Alterna. And then there's Sanderson, which is the mix in between, which is what I would guess <laughs> every snake. If someone asked me, what's the, what's the locality? I would say Sanderson. And then I would look at it and then I would say, you know, Black Gap or Christmas Mountain or 
somewhere. I just I don't know. Like I, uh, what locale are you? That's what I was just. I was. I was. I'm like I can't even. Get the the I'm so confused. <laughs> like I've seen black gaps, but so, there was nothing to my eye that would have said that's a black gap. So uh, is there like trade secrets as far as like identifying these things that that are? So like some black gaps have black with no orange except maybe on the neck. Some of them have big blazing orange saddles. Both, both uh, it's south of Sanderson, so that area right there in Sanderson is the the melting pot, the mixing zone, or whatever you want to call it. So it, it sounds like there's a lot of traits for each locality and like you kind of have to know each of those traits and that will kind of tell you you know even though they may be minute and very different mm -hmm. there are those certain things you know there may be a lot of them but there are certain things with each locale that you can kind of identify well black gap has the white yeah a little example black gap has the white borders but it isn't okay. as wide isn't as wide as christmas mountain christmas mountain is due east Exact same longitude, just about due east. I mean, due west. Sorry, Christmas Mountain is due west of Black Gap, and they're pretty much the same animals. You can tell them apart if you if you know, but I don't know. Like I, we had some Christmas Mountains, and I think they're with Chris now, but they had like that sort of speckled, almost granity-ish look. That I've usually associated with Christmas Mountain stuff because I don't recall seeing any other locales that had that going on. Yeah. River but Road. Does. One more time. River Road does. I mean, if you go mm -hmm. south of Christmas Mountains and hit Presidio and Lajitas, you'll you'll see some. I mean, Terlingua and Lajitas, you'll see some. I don't know. It just the whole thing. Like I said, it just made me wonder. Like all these localities that we see for sale from people that maybe aren't as heavily into alternative, but they have some like. Are they legit? At this, like, does it does it really matter as much? Because, like, with Baird's too, I felt really dirty about the potential for mixing Baird's localities because of what I have. And part of me was like, a, no one's gonna care because no one cares about Baird's. Well, Baird's, I mean, I would go by county at least. Although there's some big big counties in West Texas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bigger than Rhode Island. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's also make like I have a pair of Loma Altas that are. They went together. Like those aren't going to go into anything else, at least not right now. When I have more, maybe I'll play around with that more. But like, yeah, my Mexican stuff is going to go to anything else, unless I have extras. Like, I want to do the Billy Hunt thing, where it's like I have my focus projects, but then if I have a spare male and female of like, you know, an albino and a Mexican type, like pair them up, see what happens. Yep, play with things a bit. But I don't know. I've always been very conflicted about the whole locality thing with a lot of the Texas stuff because it's like kind of like with chondros you know it's like are they really from where they're being sold as being from and a does it really well that make a difference i mean that goes into you know who you're getting your stock from if you're getting if you're getting a christmas mountain gray band from you know joe smith on craigslist then you're probably going to be rolling the dice of it actually being a christmas mountain yep um so I don't I don't know getting into the locality thing like I'm I take my locality is pretty seriously you know I'm much more into the rat snakes and the pituophis side of things you know but I'm 
I don't know. I've gotten really into that aspect of it and keeping those localities, you know, even if it's just county by county, you know, which is really how I, you know, do a lot of my rat snakes, you know, it's just county by county and trying to keep them within the same county is, you know, important to me. But what if you find a, a mate for your snake and it's a, I don't know, let's say a quarter mile away and it's a different county. <laughs> yeah, and see, and that, exactly, and that's what uh, you know. Some of the, but twenty miles that way is the same county, and you still breed it, right? Right, exactly. I it, see. For me, it would still be weird. You know, it, it's a different county, so like it just sounds. Snakes don't read no maps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, does it really? Does it really matter? No, and you know, if I was the one collecting them. It might would be a different story, you know, like if I was if I was in one county and then 10 minutes up the road I was in a different county, found another yellow or whatever, then, you know, that I was the one who plucked them. I can mark that on my GPS and, you know, I have that data to be like, look, yeah, I may have been a county over, but they were 10 minutes away, you know, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I, I've gotten I've gotten so weird about my locality stuff, you know, and it's like I have her. I like I have her Hernando County, Florida, yellow rat. I have plenty of other rat yellow rats, but like I won't breed him to anything that isn't from Hernando. So I have to go down there and find one, you know, because it's going to bug me if I don't. You know, yeah, I, just, and, I don't know, man. My view has changed on it over time. It's just one of those things. That's because so you've hard. become a morph. No, I haven't. Breeder. Morph breeder, you douche! No, oh kidding. my god! <laughs> just kidding. I just like that for for the longest time. I was of the mindset, and maybe it's just because I I like as a kid, sort of growing up on kingsnake.com and seeing like this the the talk of Alterna and stuff like that. So it was like, you do not cross Texas stuff ever, and so that was a kind of a hard mindset of mine to break. Because then it was also mixing localities of alterna people are like well what locality is it and you're like well i mean uh, it's just an alterna it's just like a generic sort of yeah and see but that's that felt dirty it felt that's wrong. the problem is like everybody you know to an extent they're like oh i can't get you know another alterna from this county so i'm just gonna put it to whatever and then they end up being like every other or not every half the snakes in this hobby are just you know a corn snake is a corn snake is a corn snake it's locality corns are so, so they, they're almost rare now because that's how it's become is people just had them and bred them and it's become you know it is what it is and so like you know i think so Bots, i got a question for you about corns do you like the work that david hillis did on the emory eye yeah i think emory eye are are great you know i don't know i don't know what he did specifically he was um, part of the team that just split them that made uh, meal, okay. mealworm a thing mealworm. i call them mealworm, <laughs> mealworm. Me, me and chris call them now mealworms yeah like in some of that's yeah i don't they're, they're well the ones down here are six foot snakes and the ones in let's say colorado Oh yeah, Colorado yeah, like, are are little three foot snakes. <laughs> yeah, like the inner Montana are tiny, you know. So it's like, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not into the whole lumping thing, but I, it, it is what it See, is. See, but I, I mean, guess. when you get a, a variation that large, like I feel like it's it's fair to probably say like the subspecies route is probably 
probably justified right yeah yeah exactly you know the subspecies stuff yeah i can get on board with you know if but they based it wasn't the hatred that those but wasn't warm feel for me but wasn't inner inter montana kind of x'd out aren't they weren't they lumped into one of them yeah so emory emory okay yeah see that's yeah no i don't there's no more there's no more what are they called Bantheropus. I mean, what are they called? You laughing? No, the uh, the corn snake in Texas. Oh, the uh, Slowinski eye. Oh, yes. yeah. Those are all emery eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's a the whole emery eye thing. That's a that's a hairy complex for me. And again, that's that's also why because of that whole and that whole argument on you know. I want to take it further and say they're all corns yeah yeah there you go you know but that but that also goes into why i like the county by county thing well they don't breed with lobsolita even though they live in the same overlapping area there's no no none zero wow Wow, that's just like corns and lobsolita they don't breed together right we were talking about that not that long ago like i don't we've never come across Anything that would make me think it was a yellow corn high, uh, integrated. Yeah, I've never. But never we find both that. of them fairly regularly. More, yeah. Yellow is more than anything, yeah. but yeah, that's a yeah, good point. You don't, see the, you don't see the integrating. <sighs> I will say, though, that there was a clutch of Alterna that were generic Alterna. Like, they didn't have a locality, and there, were just, there was a ton of people that just wanted Alterna. So when I had some for sale... People didn't want like pears and they weren't like, what locality are they? People, I mean, people asked, I think, because they felt by default they sort of had to because it's Alterna. Yep. But even those ones that were just undocumented, they're just good looking snakes and good looking babies. Like people bought them, you know, like crazy. Like people were all about them. They just wanted one as a pet. And I was like, well, this is perfect then because, you know, the locality nuts are not going to burn my house down. And, uh, you know, you're getting a, an Alterna that's, Gonna be an awesome pet. Yeah. So you gave those all to Chris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did send him some. He got some nice ones. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen them. I don't yes, sir. Yeah. They were I like so I love Alterna. Like, don't get me wrong. They're fantastic. That's probably my favorite King Snake species. Uh Leonis being the next next closest thing. But as far as breeding them, I just I don't have really any desire to do it. Um just keep I'd, the slow ones. <laughs> I so what ended up what we ended up doing was my dad got so my dad's the one who bred them and he had the clutches laid and he's the one who hatched them and then he was like I got to get out I don't have time uh, and so basically I took over his collection and I had to get baby started and we found out that he ended up somehow getting I think a fence lizard and some anoles from out that way. And the fence lizard, the scenting with that was like, that made it super easy. No problem at all. But I tried so many other things before that, that didn't work. So if I was going to do it again, I definitely have to get, get my hands on another, uh, Scoloporus or something. Yeah. Cause that made a world of difference, but it's one of those things is like, do I really want to pay overnight shipping for some fence lizards? That I'm gonna throw in the freezer. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we do that for mice, you know, why not? 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, two people who work with him pretty yeah. regularly, so I'm sure you could get some help. You don't love him that much. You I, lying. You know, you lying. It's just knowing your limits, man. No, you gotta no, pick and you're choose. Right, you though. gotta pick and choose your that's battles. It, no, that's you exactly know. right. Like that, you can love someone like me. I there's lots of snakes I love, but I'll probably never keep them because I don't want to keep them. You know, but so I can, yeah, I can understand that and staying within your limits and know what and you it, what knowing what you want to do. You know, you can appreciate the snake, but not want to. If you already it. have pain in the ass species that you're pairing and breeding like chondros and the the boiga and stuff like that it was just one another another layer to that cake and it was like yeah. i don't need more of that in my life <laughs> pick and choose your battles yeah i'm sure you know when you're you know like you john you produce so many it almost becomes like clockwork at a at a point you know you just kind of know know what to do you know what the next step is so it almost becomes you know, a species that has been known to be difficult to get babies going. You know, I'm sure it's almost easy group. for you at times. We don't all live, but yeah, it, it's not easy. It's just, it takes time. It takes all the right. stuff. Well, I mean, it's, how do you go about, <coughs> like, when you when you hatch out three to 500 of these? And, you know, first meals, maybe not yeah. a ton of them take right off the bat like how what's the process of whittling that down and then the six steps that you were talking about originally so i always try regular frozen thawed and if they don't do that i try boiled that's a new one from my old website that y'all can't find anymore so <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh, i do brained and then i do brained and covered like uh I used to do an upside down bowl is what I used to do, but now I just slide them in there and uh, uh, use my paper napkin in there. And, and anyway, I, I make a little little compartment for them, and and that's where they're at. And then I go into uh, hold on, I'm counting brain. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go into. Uh, uh, scenting washing so i try washing uh sometimes you just say well freaking 50 of them ate boiled last time i'm just gonna do it again this time right mm. uh, but then you know you do uh, scenting but the first step of scenting is always washing until you get to the point of where well, i don't have to wash anymore all i gotta do is scent mm. then you scent and then there is a hundred different ways of scenting there is cut their guts open and rub their noses in it to just rubbing it on their hind leg uh, to cutting a piece of skin off and putting it on the nose of the pinky and uh, rubbing it in dirt outside and <laughs> all different kinds of scenting. Rubbing it in dirt outside, really. Rubbing it in dirt outside. That's, it's got to taste natural and that's rustic. A, that's a new one. That, that's, uh, that's interesting. I've never thought of that. Yeah, do it with these, though, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Don't want to put your scent back on the mouse, or yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I think, and I think honestly, I think that's where a lot of people screw up. You know, is they'll do all the scenting, they'll drop it in their hand and go up, and then like pick it out of their hand. Yeah. Is there anything in particular you you use to scent with, or do you have a handful of things you you try out? I did, and my freezer went out. Ooh. We had, yeah, we had a freeze here. Two years ago, and my freezer went out. But I, I got a few more things back. But yeah, you got to you got to find the right 
lizard too. You just can't go find a Mediterranean gecko and it works for everything. You know, they want Siloporus or they, they mm -hmm. want, they want, uh, what are they called? Fence lizards? Well, those are Siloporus, aren't they? <laughs> uh, maybe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you dummy. Uh, How did you not know that? God. Those work really well. So I, I don't know if you heard that part when you were up, but yeah, I heard. Yeah, like the the switch from wanting nothing to do with anything I offered to all of a sudden, oh hey, that's food, was yeah. unbelievable. Like I was like, that's that's the silver bullet. Like that's the if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna breed alterna again, like that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna screw around trying you know tuna juice or anything like that. Like I'm just gonna go straight to hunt down a, a scoloperus or something and, and freeze it and use that so have you john have you ever resorted to feeding like just a straight lizard to something oh yeah, oh, yeah. lots of times that, that usually gets them onto scented pinks mm -hmm. uh, but i freeze the lizard right they, st they still some of them get worms mm -hmm. I, I worm with panicure and flagell i i I'm in my snake room, by the way. I, I worm with panicure and flagell two times a year on everything in here, just okay, just because. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, that's not a it's not a bad idea. I feel like that's that is something that a lot of people look over. You know, it's but somebody as yourself who's bringing in wildcat stuff, I'm sure that's you know that's become a standard is to you know panicure everything you know regularly. Yep. Um, it's not a bad not a bad thing to do i've never you don't you don't hear a lot of people talking about that you know people who do wildcat stuff it's more so like a do it gather system and then like that's it you don't really hear a lot of people doing it you know on a regular basis like that that's actually i've never never thought about doing that mm -hmm. be a very good preventative so that's something i'm trying to get more into now that i finally have settled a little bit and i'm i'm in my I'm in my place. Like I want to, I want to start getting, you know, doing some more field stuff and keeping more, you know, wild caught stuff for locality purposes. Well, you know, Greg Bennett. Mm, no, I don't know that name. Hmm, I'm trying to think of the people I know over there. Hmm. Greg Bennett's the only one I can think of. I see. Uh, he's in South Carolina. Yep. Nice. I'll I mean, that name up. sounds familiar too. I just, yeah, it's, it's probably that's... someone I've seen. If he's got Facebook, then it's likely that I saw him as like a recommended friend or something like that. Yeah. Do you find that across the whole, you know, as far as kings you're keeping, is it because in my experience, when you got Alterna going, you were in the clear, like they were good to go. You didn't have any problems once they were eating just straight pinkies with nothing added. Is it the same case with the other stuff in terms of like desert kings like they or i and or leonis whatever you know they're being called now like mex mex stuff is it all pretty much the same where once they're good to go they're good to go and you don't have to it's not the hassle anymore yeah they're all pretty much the same although you know i've had alterna get sent to someone at eight four or five times for me and didn't eat for them mm -hmm. get sent back to me i pay for it get them feeding again and send it to them and they'll be all right but other than that, all the other species are pretty much the same. As soon as they start, they're they're ready to go. And have you had any issues as far as cannibalism? Uh, yeah. 
I had another white Leonis that uh, Cow King was in a tub beside it, and there was these vents and these vents inside the the lids of the the rack, and mm-hmm. one of them crawled up in there and crawled in and. and oh. But do you notice? Uh, so, like, I, that's something I I sort of observed at least with with Alterna and, and Leonis is they I call like the Getula complex meth propeltis because they're <laughs> completely untrustworthy in so many capacities. With the, the handful that I've had over the years, I just I I don't enjoy them. Um, Brooks Kings can go to hell, uh, <laughs> but it seems to me like Alterna and Leonis. They don't seem to have as strong of like a cannibalistic sort of tendency like you see with Easterns and the Floridas and Cal Kings. I mean, like like when you open the cage and it makes you scream like a girl because it's jumping out at you, right? There it is. There, he's just seen him well, with I mean, a little corn like, snake earlier no, today. Can... I picked this thing up; it was gnawing hey, on my finger. Like I was like, girl. "Dude, what's what was wrong with you?" <laughs> I, I mean, in like terms of like having to worry about when you're pairing them, like when people put. Uh, like our buddy JT at Silent Hill Reptiles, like he put, I think some, was it Florida Kings or Eastern Kings together? And he's like, I put them together and now I need to separate them again because I got to go to bed and I don't want to wake up in the morning and only have one snake. Mm-hmm. But I don't, that doesn't seem to be nearly as much of a concern, at least with Alterna from what I saw having them. It all depends on the snake. I mean, some of them will kill the male. Some of them won't. Hmm. Most of them won't. though. <laughs> Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. So when you when you pair them up, do you put them together and close the tub and go on about your business? Or no, uh, no I've right. lost a couple of males, so okay. I watch them and make sure. Okay. Is is does copulation you know happen pretty quickly if they're ready to go? You know, is it? Because I don't. I've never. I've never bred colubrids, and I know a lot of people just kind of put them in a lone tub and you know sit there and watch it happen in 30 minutes it depends 90 percent of the time the male tries the female's ready they hook up the other 10 percent, or let's say eight percent of the time mm-hmm. the male fights her all night and finally she lets him and <laughs> and they they hook up the other two okay. percent i get tired of watching and i don't know <laughs> if up or not, but they lay eggs later and i know they did so but i, I keep pairing i keep pairing until i see the female refuse them so is that like a daily thing or like a every couple days thing or every day every other day every other day okay for my time in Houston yeah so. <laughs> nice do you find uh there's a certain age for your alterna and leonis in terms of females being ready to go is there a certain time frame you like to wait before you pair them up for the first season Oh, yeah. Well, everyone that's listening, uh, I wait until they're at least three years old, which means they're three and a half, three and a half by the time they breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, at least three and a half by the time they breed. And uh, I don't weigh my snakes, but if they're three years old and they're big enough, I will pair them up. Mm-hmm. I've done it as young as 18 months old. Some of them take four or five years before they're adults. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's listening that has 10 snakes or less or so and feeds their snakes weekly or or uh, uh, even more frequent than weekly at three years old. What's your, yeah, what's, that's a good, a good 
transition too. Like, what's your feeding schedule like for your adults? I mean, being colubrids, they are more high metabolism. You know, are you feeding yours really frequently, or is it a little more infrequent? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, if you, uh, well, I do know. <laughs> uh, if you read my article I wrote for Reptiles Magazine, I don't know if y'all know I did that oh. back in uh, 2012. I think it was. Uh, it was all the whole the whole the whole spiel was the whole the whole vibe of everything right. going on at the time was uh giving them options and letting them tell you what to do uh my way of doing that was i had a rack of 50 snakes right if 25 of them were up on the cold side which is near me they're all ready to eat so i go feed them you feed an adult mouse a well, my snakes aren't as big as yours, but let's say a three, three or four foot snake, a huge mouse, it, it ain't going to come back to the, the cool side again for another five to seven days anyway. So yeah. weekly has been the go-to for mostly everything, except for young ones that I want to get up and breed or females right out of brumation or females that have laid eggs and they need a post recover from postpartum. Uh, that's about it. And do you change up food like you do frog legs or quail or anything like that? No. no? Always mice, um, sometimes rats, like rat pinkies, or that's why I said rat pinkies earlier, Brots. <laughs> Was uh, Rat pinkies are good for females. They have more fat, so it, it gives them a good uh, fatty content right after they lay eggs. Uh, I usually give them four or five little rat pinks to get them kicked off again. And then see if they double clutch or not. Cool. And how often do you get double clutches? Is it is it pretty common with some of your females, whether you want them to or not? It, it is. I mean, I had double clutch pyros last year, which is the first oh, really? time, wow. first time I've ever had them, and they are the worst to get eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure at the top. I'm pretty sure Chris's exact words were "fuck pyros." Yeah. That's. <laughs> I have a pair of his pyros. <laughs> <laughs> and they're breeding right now. There you go. Nice. Yeah, those are like the pinnacle of headaches, I think. And my I don't I don't But know there's some lines that they just like rat snakes. They just like cow kings, you know what I mean? They're inbred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anteresia might be a close second. Um Phil's really Phil's in the into the pyros, isn't he? He's got a a pair that he got at Daytona last year. Yeah, and he he had a Daytona. hell of a time with one of them. I think the female was the one that was really giving him sort of the runaround. I think mm -hmm. the male, he had no real issues with. I think initially maybe it wouldn't take food, but it came around. But I think that female, it took him a, a minute to get her going regularly. Hmm. That's cool. And how often do you have to... So like when you have Alterna Hatch... Uh, you know, if they're not starting, how often do you just put them in a brumation and try them, you know, a couple weeks later once you pull them out? Well, lately, I mean, our temperature here is 110 degrees. <laughs> so so uh, I usually just tail them. Uh, I've come under, well, I don't know if y'all know Tyler Kennedy, but he's a, he's a Leonis guy. He's the one who runs my Facebook group, me and him. He got out. He got back in. Anyway, the uh, best thing to do is do nothing. Make sure 
they don't start their metabolism or it's going to kick in. Mm-hmm. So if you give it a tail, you're going to have to give it a tail every two or three days until brumation time. Oh, wow. So I do not breed my snake. Like, I'm just started breeding season right now. A lot of people are already getting eggs, so they're, oh, yeah. they're six weeks in front of me. So. Mm-hmm. And does that trick work when you when you pull babies out of brumation and offer them food? Does that seem to do the trick? Oh, yeah, but nothing's the golden spear. <laughs> nothing's the silver bullet. Uh, I I put in – oh, they're not here anymore. I put in like nine babies in the brumation last year, and when I brought them out, six of them ate, and three of them were still a pain in the butt. Hmm. That's very cool. So, well, talking about babies and brumation, this is, yeah, and this is just a random thought. I don't know if somebody such as yourself would do this. I've thought about pretty much after the, (laughs) I've thought about pretty much after the first year after hatching, you know, we, you know, with any colubrids really, you know, that get, that need that cool down. Like I've thought about cooling them down from, you know, pretty much after their first year and then onward. Is that any, do you do anything like that with younger snakes? Do you brumate at an earlier age just to kind of get them into that cycle? I've never even tried to do that because of the weather here. You know, I use a cool bot cooler. Okay. And uh, on an air conditioning unit that I turned off earlier, but mm. and it's the only way I got to cool okay. my animals. So you have to be, you know, as limited as you can very with purposeful. what you're, what you're cooling. Yeah, especially when you're cooling that many, because I cool, I cool my whole two car garage, and it it, it holds it wow. to, it holds it to forty eight degrees for three or four months, no problem. Wow. That's... See, I need to. Yeah, that's, that was the issue I ran into with cooling stuff. Was I I pulled everything in the garage, and our winter was I'm super not gonna, squirrely. I'm not going to tell you what you did wrong again, Smitty. I'm not, I'm not gonna what? do it. You, I don't even you remember. You did it too early. Oh, I didn't do it too yes, early. Yes, you did. It literally doesn't get colder until January. Some of your stuff you cool January, February when it's cold, cold, rock and roll. Anyways, you were one I, of the, I, do you Thanksgiving. Were... I do Thanksgiving to April first, by the way. Weird. Oh wow, that's that's long. That's what I did. Yeah, but you don't that's have a bizarre. two-car garage that can get cooled down no, to 48 that's, degrees. That's you were paying why, in December when it was still 60 degrees out. That's why I want to get a cooler. So I don't have that problem because I pulled stuff into the garage, covered it up, and we'd get some a nice week of like legitimate cooler weather. And then we'd have a week of like 75. And then we'd have another week of cooler weather. Like it just continually ping-ponged back and forth between like spring and winter. And so that made it, I was worried that the, the, you know, the Dion's and the Bimaculata wouldn't go because they didn't get cool enough, which wasn't the case, but it was extremely frustrating. And that's like last year or over the, the last brumation. I was like, I really need to hunt down some sort of cooler or something that I can fit all these tubs in Yeah. because to be able to just have control and set it at the temperature, you know, 55 or whatever, and just let it ride instead of being at the mercy of mother nature because she's temperamental and crazy. Right. 
make my life so much easier. Yeah, and that's um, that's partially why I've stuck with a lot of like the southeastern stuff is because like no, we don't get a harsh winter here. It really only gets cold, cold through January and February. And I think a lot for a lot of your southeastern stuff, like that'll that'll do. You know, like give them December to get kind of lower and then drop them in January and February, and that'll do it for you know most of your southeastern stuff because we don't get those harsh winters like that but for stuff you like say with such conviction what what i don't know that's a very that's a that's a a caseyism right there what's a caseyism what i just said yeah why it, you just say it with such certainty oh no i'm not saying it with certainty <laughs> i'm saying that's my plan that's what i'm gonna do you're breeding stuff and you cooled them down for a month at 60 degrees so that for longer than that <laughs> Damn. It wasn't more than two months, I can tell you that. And you had them out in like January. No, I didn't. Yeah, you it was did. like first week of February. Yeah, well. Yeah, like one of the second coldest month we get. <laughs> Last time I checked, one of us has two clutches in the incubator. Hey, the other one of, one us, of us didn't had, didn't yeah. even pair anything because exactly. they know because they know their limits. All right, I had a lot going on. I knew I was going to risk females if I tried to breed anything, so I didn't. Next season, though, we'll see. Mm. We'll see, buddy. Mm. Got all kinds <laughs> of stuff going next year. You okay? You'll see. Do you we'll see. cut your eggs or do you let them? If do you have the the Darwin approach of if they die, they die. That's me. If he dies, he dies. Uh, I don't want any of them to die. I don't cut my eggs, but if 10 of them in a clutch all pip and the one over here doesn't, I will cut its egg. Okay. And do you find that it's usually alive most of the time? It just hadn't pipped yet? Yep. Because I lost a handful of cyania and chondros to drowning and it was very frustrating. But I thought you cut all your eggs, though. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, you found but I, I still had. Yeah, that's yeah, how you I found they were drowned. Some, yeah. Yeah. Did the little touch test. If they were hard like rubber, you knew they were dead. And if they like moved a little bit, you knew they were they were good. So I do a little different uh, incubation than most people. I do a closed system. So I get my perlite, and that's all I use now. Is I used hatchrite. I use vermiculite i use mulch i use paper towel wet <laughs> uh, but i just use perlite i get it a little bit wet just so it's wet and i use, put the eggs on top of it i don't even bury any of the eggs and i put the lid on it with no holes and it sits there for 45 days then i pop two or two to four holes in it and they hatch hmm do you put the you so you put the eggs directly onto the perlite? You don't use like a um a light, light diffuser. diffuser or anything? No. Okay. I you know, I like vermiculite, but vermiculite is so damn messy. I just I I hate I hate it. I use large granular vermiculite because when the eggs need oxygen, which is like two or three weeks before yep. they hatch, uh, and you got them sitting on the large uh, granular perlite. They have oxygen that goes all the way around the eggs. Yeah, no, vermiculite is just like it drives me crazy because I can't, it, especially if it's dry and it like it's like glitter. 
Yep. It's, it's like the herpes of arts and crafts. Like you're not getting it <laughs> off of you. It's forever. Oh, well, I thought you said perlite. Did no, that. no, I've never used perlite, but vermiculite. Uh, yeah, I just I won't even bother with vermiculite anymore. It's just too much of a pain. It's too messy. <coughs> so does perlite not stick to the snakes like vermiculite does? I've no, never used like either a, one. So. I don't even know what you. Perlite's not wet enough to stick when I do it. It's almost like a weird rock styrofoam feeling, sort of. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I've, like I said, I've never, never used it myself, but because that's what I'm, I'm planning on using that this year. One of my, I'm going to be setting up a bunch of egg boxes prior to breeding season this year, and I'm trying to figure out tubs and substrate and all that. I've been, I've been looking at probably using perlite or vermiculite, but that's good to know. Perlite's probably the way I'll go. Then with you got to use the kind with fertilizer in it. With fertilizer, yeah, right? all the chemicals and stuff. It'll help them grow. Uh, yeah, miracle grow. Yeah, I'll just put some insecticide on there. It's good. Oh yeah, I'm a certified pesticide and herbicide applicator. Okay, just really. Yeah, let me handle what? that. Yeah, seriously. Dude. Yeah, I haven't activated since my license when? since I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't. I, I, don't, I just haven't activated my license because I haven't had a job where I needed it, and they're only good for five years, and you have to retake it. So I haven't activated it. But yeah, I'm a certified pesticide and herbicide. Uh, I was an astronaut once, but my license got revoked. But I didn't get it revoked. I still have it. I just don't. I haven't activated it. Okay. Ultimate question, <laughs> because I'm constantly on the hunt for the perfect incubation box. Are you? What are you using in particular when you incubate your eggs? Because I can, I will never be satisfied with with any box I find until I find the one. Hold on, I'll get one to show you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love the Systema boxes. <laughs> Systemas are expensive though. Oh, oh, oh. That's it. What size is it? It's like 10 by 10 by four and a half. Oh, uh, okay. I, yeah, it's one of those like squared sort of. Look, there's a hole on the corner. Okay. Hole on the corner. And all I do is take those up until day 45 and I peel them off. So that's a, that's just one of those like a Tupperware thing with the yeah, popping, like popping off lids, right? Yeah. Ziploc. Nice. I just, I, like I said, I can never. I'm never satisfied with the, <laughs> the, the there's a, the perfect incubation box exists. I just can't find it yet. I'm weird about it. I don't know why. I know a lot of people are like it's a box. It doesn't really matter. But to me, I'm like I want to be able to. You pull your eggs apart and mark the tops of them and all that. I don't pull mine apart. I leave them in clumps. Yeah, you don't have to do all of that. I just, I, I'm I'm extremely. Not yeah. confident in my ability to separate eggs without, destroying. and that's my thing, man. Like we're already this. The way I see it is, we're already playing God. You know, so like do do your little do your little parts, like leaving the eggs together. You know, <laughs> stimulate some type of you know normacy with them. You know, like I don't pull eggs apart at all. You know, I'll mark the tops just to, you know, make sure I got everything down, but I don't. I it kind of depends for me. If there's part. like one or two that are really buried under the, the bottom that I worry about sort of getting good air exchange, 
later term, then maybe I'll 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 separate some. But no, nah, man, like the corns and stuff like that. I don't. I'm not going to separate those. But like the con, if I get another clutch of chondro eggs ever again, those <laughs> I do separate because those are feel like those those they need they're special because they're chondros. Yeah, they but what, need to but be. They happens, need the VIP treatment. <laughs> but what happens in the jungle when that female is coiled up on? They're those not eggs? in the jungle. Yeah, but what happens when they are? You think the the ones on the bottom are gonna suffocate? That whole argument on, goes man. right out the window. We're keeping Come snakes on. in boxes, dude. Exactly. Let's keep it somewhat natural. Why? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just you like were a test tube baby. You didn't even know. Sitting <laughs> here talking about nature and stuff, like if you had a water birth. <laughs> you were test tube baby. <laughs> Why you're so small and thin? I'm not that small, dude. That's I'm perfect. Fine. I'm perfectly average. Perfectly dude. average. Yeah, perfectly, yeah, perfectly that's, average. That's the most depressing statement I've ever heard. I'm perfectly average. That's exactly what I am. I, I like to say I'm on the small side of average. That's where I'm at. Like I'm, I'm tall enough I mean, to not be short. Crocs, so that's a sure sign. Crocs and baby. socks, baby. All day. Don't even got them in four wheel drive. It's called Beaufort, South Carolina, son. You don't put them in four wheel unless you need it, bro. All right. <laughs> That's just a waste. Don't don't mess with me, man. What about my nunchucks and my Crocs? <laughs> to fend off the ladies. I know how to use my can of skull as a ninja star. <laughs> <laughs> Little oh can God. of backer, you say? No, says I. No, says I. <laughs> Did you ever see that video? I'm going to send it to you. Oh, jeez. But we if I are... was to put these in my pockets, they get me on concealment of a deadly weapon. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I come, I am like another prey, not not a, not, a, not a prey, but a predator. I watch this. Now. Oh this god! Forty years old, he's been attacked before. I'm sweating. Anyways, we are at an hour 40. Do we have any finishing comments for or questions for I have Mr. Lassiter? One more. One more. How has the landscape of herpeticulture changed since you got into it? Is it better, worse, or about the same? So, like, hmm. pre-Zuckerberg taking over the world, <laughs> post-Zuckerberg taking over the world. Uh, well, there, there's pros and cons. In both different time frames, I go back and forth on on depending on my mood. Like there's days where I'm like, "Man, social media is the best thing that's ever happened to us," and then there's days where I'm like, "This is going to get us all killed." You have more of those days. I than, do have more of those days. Than- I, I, I'd rather I love the the forums, kingsnake.com and all the other forums that were out there. And what was strange was it was kingsnake.com from like '98. For me, from 98 to 2010. In 2010, 11, 12, I found, oh, shit, there's other, there's other websites. <laughs> and and uh, I started going to them, and I got, uh, oh, that's how I got the 2012 Gluber Breeder of the Year Award. Because oh, wow. I went to all those other ones and posted pictures. Uh, nice. Pimping ain't easy. <laughs> Nowadays, uh, I don't even have to pay for a website anymore. I can just, I don't even have to post anything. I got people that email me every day or message me every day uh, asking me for, for snakes. 
not a bad place to be. No, it's not, man. That's that's how I like to do it. You know, like I don't produce obviously nearly the <laughs> even I don't even touch the numbers that you post, but or that you have. But that's it's always nice to have people kind of you know quote unquote on deck. You know, for snakes. You know, pretty yeah. much whenever I have something I want to sell, nice when they come to you. Yeah, it's like, you know, I it might sound conceited, but it's like one of those things if you have a group of people that you know or, you know, like for us, you know, we sell and trade within our friend group more than anything, you know. So it's, yeah. all, it's just it's good to be able to just have people be like, hey, you want this? Yeah, cool. Here you go. You know, that's, yeah. yep. Well, we're also in a place currently, too, where if you're selling stuff. And I like it. It makes me laugh that people complain about tire kickers and stuff so much. It's like that's part of 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 the dance now. Yeah. Like that's just where we stand. And it's like if you don't want to deal with that, then find some way to have like a secret society or something that just stays in the loop with what you're doing. You know, it's just yep. like assume that the person messaging you about an available animal isn't actually going to come through and buy. That's what I do. I avoid a lot of disappointment that way. You just if they ask, it's like, I'll tell you, I'm I'm I'll bet money you're probably not gonna actually buy, but here's all the information anyways. And it's whatever, you know. I'm just like you can't get your hopes up when every time someone messages. I need to start adding some things to the spreadsheet. I'm gonna start adding that. Mm -hmm. They contacted me and two years later they finally bought something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's part of it. And I mean, morph market and stuff has made it a little easier because you get all the information and stuff there in one place. It's easy to navigate and stuff. And but when did they start letting king snakes on there? Like last year or the year before? Like two or three years ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, semi recently. I didn't know king snakes weren't allowed on. No, morph they just they initially it was it was mostly just balls, I believe, mm-hmm. and then it eventually expanded to pretty much everything. And wow. it's funny because for the longest time, I was sure king snake was going to be like the end all be all, like that's where you go to buy stuff. Yeah, I remember. King and snake then morph maybe. market came around. And I was like, this is never really going to take off. Like people aren't going to use this. We have king snake and we have fauna, and now it's like. Morph Market's becoming the standard. Yeah, I was about to say Morph Market's almost the standard now. Like every everybody's moved to that. You know, it it seems like it seems like it went from King Snake to Fauna to Morph Market. You know what I mean? Like it's that's kind of that's at least that's the progression I've I've seen. I use King Snake and Fauna, and then my Facebook page. Yeah, I use social media more than anything, but even with that now, you almost have to be careful careful because Zuckerfuck is always looking for Fuckerberg. <laughs> Fuckerberg. Always looking for a reason to ban he'll, he'll you. He'll get you. He's, they've gotten so bad about that, man. Yeah, I, it's just man, it's just it's awesome. Like meeting John who who runs Morph Market and like I remember when I talked to him, he had asked me, he's like, What can we do to make things better? And I remember it was just something for me. It was as simple as like, I just want to see what's what's the most recent posts uh, for availability in corn snakes. Like, I don't want to just go through morph by morph and see. Like, I just right. want to I just want to see it all. all. Right. And that button existed. I just didn't know it. But I told him that, and he has like he had a notebook at Daytona, and he's like literally writing notes of of the suggestions you're making to him, oh, and wow. then he goes and does it. Wow. And so it's like he's 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 got his hand like his fingers right on the pulse of right. of the hobby and what people need, especially people that are selling stuff, and even people that are shopping. 
Um, John Pritchard, right? John Lamont. Oh, my mom. He's uh, yeah. I mean, it's like I said. I I had you asked me several years ago if Morph Market would be sort of the the gold standard for marketplaces. I would have said I don't think so. But now it, I wholeheartedly believe that it is. Yeah. And he's got he's got a forum section too. There's a whole community site attached to that that's very active, and people are posting and stuff like that. A lot of it is ball python stuff, but he has threads for for everything. So. Yeah. it's uh it's cool and he's he's only making it better like it's not it's not like a lot of the other sites and stuff where it's like they got comfortable where it was at and they're like cool we'll just let it coast like he's constantly trying to to update things and, mm. and make things better and i don't know i think he's it's he's gonna go he's gonna do well with that long term i mean he already is but i, yeah, I pretty much I was on there. I saw a bunch of Mexican black kings under Mexican king snakes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, I told them. I said, "Hey, you gotta move mm -hmm. these out of here and create by a what do you call it by a scientific name." And he mm -hmm. did that. Yeah, wow. yeah. And that kind of stuff. Like, if you talk to Travis Wyman, our buddy, you know, he's one of the moderators for that. And he's like, "If you ever see something that's in a section that is not supposed to be, like, report it or let us know so we can fix it." Like, they're they're not too proud to to say, right. oh, yeah, that's not right. You know, it's just right. so. The only thing that Morph Market gets me is like like you said with, you know, the choosing the Morph things, you know, like it does get a little jumbled, you know, like whenever I go, like I look at Rat Snake a lot on there. It's a little clunky. A lot of it, yeah. a lot of it is clunky because it's mostly like, it, you know, it's called Morph Market. Like a lot of it is like sectioned out by Morph. You know, which is fine and all, but you know, for me looking at the localities, yeah, it looks, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but looking at the locality stuff gets a little bit more, you know, maybe, dicey because you're trying to look at the localities, but even within the localities, it's like all these morphs, you know. And maybe them, that's like, something well, you just you you put that bug in his ear and be like, hey, you have like a locality section for some of this stuff. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, they do. Just most on of the them are for... most of them are you know separated out by you know, uh, at least a, a, a species or like something. Your pituophus but... are all separated. <laughs> like you have, you have bulls but and even those, and pines. Yeah. They'll have bulls, gopers and pine in pines. But then within all those, there's all the morphs that are listed on there, you know? And then, and then it's the same way in the rat snakes, which, you know, again, it's not bad. It just takes a little navigating, I guess, you know, a little searching, a little moving around. You might have but... to use your brain. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Especially when you're a test tube baby. That's right. I only have like half of a brain. So. I got a good brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at an hour 50 now. John, thank you so much for joining us on this if, episode. If people want to see all the stuff that we were talking about earlier, where can they find you? Where can they do so? Uh, Facebook. <laughs> uh, like I said, uh, Facebook, uh, I have a very uh, strange shared Facebook <laughs> with my wife <laughs> as Deborah-John Lasseter. Okay. Or you can email me at jlasseter.cbcb. Here, wait, 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 where's it at? CBCB? Yeah, there you go. At gmail.com. Okay. Coastal Bend Captive Snakes. Yeah, they can also find you on Instagram at Coastal Bread Captive Captive Snakes, correct? Coastal Bend Captive Breeding. 
you have, you have to breed it on Instagram. Check them out, so, man. Yeah. Well, we very much appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, this was great. A lot of, a lot of awesome information. We will uh, see everybody. So next week, Thursday, we have an event at work. So I, okay. we're not going to be able to do Thursday unless we mm-hmm. want to do it another night. Uh, Snakes and Stogies 120 is happening Monday. And this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and Steve Snakesuary and his Venom Hot Sauce. Please check him out as well. SteveSnakesuary.com. Uh, Support them all. That's to right. The, to the best people in the biz. I need to get Steve's logo on the overlay here. Yeah, we do. I'll make that so tomorrow. So we can fuck up pointing at that. That's too, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. So we will see everyone yeah. next week, maybe. Snakes and Stogies for sure. THP, who knows? We'll see. See, figure it out. Figure something out. We are due for a one-on-one, so yeah, maybe we'll just I was knock it out. Literally about to say that we're probably due for one-on-one, so we yeah. can ramble. Yep. Cool. Thank Thanks, y'all. all. Thank y'all.